My dog went to one of your parks and ate another dog's feces, and I'm going to sue you for that. This that's happening here is not allowed. Oh, shut up, Kelly. Make me, Bob. Hey, these pretzels suck. Is there going to be basketball there? Basketball courts attract undesirables to my community. Why don't we just set fire to the fence, you know? Set it ablaze? That's arson. Well, let's leave that up to the lawyers. The point is, it would work. I want to put her ashes in the time capsule. If the government can tax me, I, I, can, I can do this. Grover, give that woman her purse back. There's a lot of pill bottles in here. So your department banned me from attending games just because I yell you suck at the players. According to the complaint, you yelled it at five-year-old girls. Who suck? Why is that so hard to understand? Come on, Mel. You're always up in arms about something. No, I'm not. I'm not always up in arms about something. Here we go. We don't know what the world is going to be like in 50 years. We, we could all have been wiped out from disease or the flu. So what's your suggestion? I don't know. I'm just scared. I'm Leslie Nope, and I represent the PCP. No Twilight. Yes, Twilight. Hey, I, I'm just going to suggest one more time that we burn it down, but whatever you guys think. Yeah, great. What am I going to do with my kids all day? Keep them in my house where I live? I think we should tax all bad things, like racism and women's vaginas. We're not taxing anyone's genitals. So what the hell are we doing here? Welcome to Welcome to Storybrooke. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here in book five? Five. Five. Yes. Book five, chapter three, otherwise known as season four, episode three, Rocky Road. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just want to put this out here before we start. I actually... Rocky Road. I actually really like this episode. The episode's fine. The title is... title is bad. No, because it's been a rocky road to get to where they are now. It's, the roads, it's its double meaning. It's super clever. It's something that, like, we would suggest when we were really tired and up on a deadline to get the episode out and then dismiss. I don't know. That might make it as one of our titles. That's what one of our recent titles was, by hook or by crook. That, that's an amazing title, and they should have named the episode that. Anyways, let's jump in. Yeah, we're getting full uh, Ice Queen, Snow Queen? Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen in this. We get the recap reminding us that, hey, Elsa's in Storybrooke, and Rumpel did something with the dagger. I honestly forgot where we left it with the dagger, because he gave Belle a fake one, but then he switched out for the real one, but then he switched out for a fake one again. Yeah, she's got the fake one now. Okay, because it's just been back and forth. You know what's ridiculous? She didn't even want the dagger. He could have just not given her the dagger instead of going through this whole rigmarole. But then he wouldn't be lying to her. God, their relationship is the worst. I mean, not the worst, because he also killed his first wife, so... I'm just saying. Anyway, the previously on also reminds us that Mary Margaret had to face down a mob because she's mayor, so apparently her being mayor is still a thing. And that made Marion, Robin Hood's wife, is back from the dead, even though he's totally in true love with Regina. Yeah. 
Because, yeah. Oh, and there's still an ice wall around town, but it's probably not Elsa's fault. Well, we know it's not Elsa's fault. We know it's this ice cream lady, the Dairy Queen, the Snow Queen. Yeah, I just, I love this because it had so much weird context to every time anyone in Storybrooke has got ice cream up until this point. It really does. Which was not infrequent. So the episode opens with Robin and Marion and Roland going to get ice cream. Speaking of. Robin's trying to talk Marion through some culture shock, which, understandable. Because remember, Marion came through time, so a second ago she was about to be executed by the evil queen, and now everyone's all like, oh, Regina's nice and reformed, we love her now. Also, there's, like, electricity and stuff, although I guess she's probably living in the crappy tents in the woods with Robin and the rest of his men. I don't know, indoor plumbing is bad. I don't know why they live in the woods. I guess it's their business, but... Also, um, the child actor who plays Roland... Is he a cute child actor or the cutest child actor? He is ridiculously adorable and he is also ridiculously manipulative because he's like, can we have ice cream? And Robin Hood's like, nah. And and he turns to his mom and he says, Regina always let me, which, jeez, dude, that is fucking cold. But no, seriously, this is the most adorable child on the face of the planet. Um, since you brought up his manipulation, I did want to bring up the terrible retcon that's going to happen later. Okay. Which is that... Mm. Alright. I'm going to bleep out that, obviously. But for people who know what the retcon is, which I assume is most of our audience, uh, let's just talk about when it makes sense and when it doesn't. It makes sense that she would be manipulated by his comment that Regina always let him get ice cream. Yeah, but that would work in really either instance. I know, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's one part where it does... I'm just saying it's one of these small pieces where the whole retcon does not fall apart. There's another place coming up where it really, really does. Alright, I wonder if we have the same one for this. So, the Snow Queen, I mean, the woman running the ice cream shop gives... I mean, we can call her the Snow Queen, it's fine, we did last week. So... She is really good at running an ice cream shop. She knows what uh, Roland's favorite flavor is. He looks so happy when she gives it to him. And she knows what Robin Hood's favorite flavor is. And she apparently knows Robin Hood's relationship with Marion. Well, I mean, the mirror comes out twice a day. And this is a tiny town. So I'm sure every piece of gossip ends up on page six. She asks Marion what her favorite flavor is, and Marion's like, uh, I don't really come from a place where this is a thing, and Robin Hood brings up the fact that his family mostly eats dirt, because Robin Hood's not a great dad. Yeah, he's like, yeah, where we come from, we eat dirt and sticks and mud, and it's like, no, that's, that's not, Robin Hood, that is inaccurate. But the Snow Queen, who is incredibly charming. I love this actress. I, I know we've said that before, but I really like this actress. And she's like, well, I think we can do better than dirt and mud. And she gives her an enchanted ice cream cone. We see her poke it with magic before handing it to Marion. But Yep, poison it with magic. But no one no one in the scene seems to have, like, peripheral vision or anything. You think they... You think Marion, at least, would be watching her? Yeah, you think... Okay, here's a part where it doesn't hold up. Um, the Snow Queen says that in her experience, there are no problems that can't be solved with a little bit of ice cream. I mean, I'm just saying, lactose intolerance cannot be solved with a little bit of ice cream. You haven't had her ice cream. It comes out of her hands. 
That's not hygienic. You brought it up when we saw her for the first time. You were like, it's not hygienic that she stuck her finger in it. And I didn't mention it at the time, but she shoots it out of her body. She's like the main character from The Adventures of Food Boy, which I hope is still on Netflix because you should watch it because it's the weirdest movie ever. She, well, she is like the kid from The Adventures of Food Boy. And you'll remember that the thing that he can do that's special in a world of people who shoot food out of their hands is make frozen food. Yeah, he can't do chocolate because you can't do chocolate. And that seemed like it was going to be a plot point, but then it wasn't. I know, that's so weird. Why make such a big deal about the fact that you can't make chocolate and then never have that come up again? Are you saying there were there were issues with The Adventures of Food Boy? I'm just saying The Adventures of Food Boy could have used one or two more drafts. That's all. Anyway, I kind of like that the opening credits this season... Have, have snow over them? Yeah, it's just like a perpetual thing. Yeah, it's like a... There's snow globe title cards this this season, because this season we've got the snow globe storybook woods, and then in there we also see the ice cream shop any given Sunday. God bless whoever does the background stuff. This is the good place levels of punnage. It really is. So Emma and her crew are interrogating Rumpelstiltskin about how Elsa got stuck in his urn. And Rumpel's like, look, I collected a lot of crap over the years. I don't really know what the deal is with everything. Which is ridiculous. He had a lot of powerful magical crap. He should know the history of the powerful magical crap that he has in his house. And Emma mentions her superpower, so I guess that's a thing this episode. Well, she mentions it, but then explicitly doesn't use it. She's like, don't forget... I can tell when you're lying. And he's like, well, how about if we just let Belle use the dagger to see if I'm lying? So I guess Emma decides to turn her power off. This part of the episode's real dumb, Max. Yeah. Especially because Belle's like, why should I use the dagger if Emma can tell when people are lying? And Rumpel's like, we all know Emma can't tell when people are lying. I mean, all he's doing is setting up to expose himself. Which, in fact, spoiler for later in this episode, he totally is. Because now Hook knows that he supposedly gave Belle the dagger. But Hook also knows there's no way in hell he would give Belle the dagger. This was a very easily avoidable situation. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it created a complication for really no reason. Anyway, so he's lying. Yeah, he says, I have no idea who this lady is and I don't know anything about her sister. Get the fuck out of my shop. I mean, that part's not a lie. Get the fuck out of my shop. That's definitely the truth. So, in the flashback, I have to say something, if only to make up a little bit for how much trash we talked last week. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the way they have Elsa's hair in the flashback this episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's the same way she has her hair in the beginning of the movie, before she goes all wild and free, where it's, you know, bound up in the royal bun, and it looks good. And the bangs are hiding the lace front on the wig. I mean, it looks good. It, it looks good. Also, it's very low-key, but I really like Nathaniel as Kristoff. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, see, I like him because, honestly, he still kind of reads as Nathaniel. He seems completely uninvested in his mar- in his upcoming nuptials to Anna, because Elsa's like, oh no, my sister's totally gonna die because she's doing the same thing my parents did when they died. And he's like, eh, Anna will be fine. He's also being pretty dismissive and rude to a woman who's both his queen and, like, essentially a god. 
Yeah, he was raised by trolls. I, I, you, uh, trolls are rocks. They don't care what you do with ice. I kind of hate him in this scene. I, I, I get your argument that he was raised by trolls, but what I wrote in my notes was, would he be treating Elsa this way if she were his king? Probably. I mean, honestly, he doesn't really seem to have much respect for humanity. That's a good point. We especially see this with, why is the royal guard comes in and he is immediately a condescending dick to uh, Kristoff? Well, that's because he's a commoner. He's a commoner who's about to be, what is it, royal consort? Would he be a prince if he married Anna? Oh, it okay. That really depends on the way that royalty is passed down in this fa- in this family, which we don't know. Um, he's probably he's probably going to be a prince consort. Hmm. So, one of the things I liked about the Xanth books, which I was really one of the things you liked about the Xanth books. I was really into the Xanth books before I started reading them before I hit puberty, so I missed. A lot of the super uncomfortable uh, elements to those books. Uh huh. And one of the things I like is in like the fourth or f- in one of the earlier books in the series. There's this big thing about how only a wizard can be king, so there are only male leaders of the country. Okay. Until this book, which deals with someone taking out all of the, uh, I'm not not wizard magician. Only a magician can be. Okay. And it, it has someone taking out all of the magicians so that they have a clear line to uh, the throne. And about halfway through the book, someone's like, wait a second, sorceresses are basically just magicians. So why don't we just have sorceresses reclassified as magicians and then they can be king? And someone's like, but they're, they're women. And the person's like, so? King's just a name for ruler women can be king and then from that point on king is this gender neutral title huh. for the rest of the thing but if the reigning king is a female then her uh, spouse is the royal consort they're not the queen oh see that's the thing about a certain type of equality no no there's a certain type of equality that still favors masculinity, Mm. right? So it sees, and this is very second wave feminism, it sees equality as women being allowed to behave as men, but it still doesn't allow men to behave in ways that are traditionally feminine because it still sees masculinity as superior to femininity. Accurate. Although I would not go to the Xanth books for good gender politics which is weird because i actually have i did i mention on this pod i don't think i have mentioned on this podcast how Piers anthony is like the opposite of orson scott card no i i don't think you have okay because Piers anthony is by all accounts a really great guy whose books are kind of creepy whose books are super creepy i mean and orson scott card is a terrible human being who wrote these books that are so filled with, like, humanity. And not long, long things about the age of consent. Nope. Okay, I, I feel like I have to just tell our audience, you know, for context. Wait, are you going to tell them that this is a household that owns two copies of Piers Anthony's Kilobyte? Yes, I was. I just wanted to put that out there before, but I revisited... I think it was the Incarnations of Immortality. Wait, was it the Mode series? It was not the Mode series. With the 14-year-old... Okay, go ahead. Yeah. 
I revisited the Incarnations of Immortality, a book series I was very into when I was about 14. And I, I suddenly realized there's a lot of stuff in Piers Anthony's books about much, much older men dating much, much younger women. Well, I mean, in the Mode book, the main girl is 14 and the male love interest is like in his 20s or 30s. Yeah. Yeah. So, retroactively, I can't read any of his books anymore, because once you hit puberty and you start reading them, you're like, oh my god, there's so much terrible stuff in here. Well, that's the thing about the Mode books, right? Because those were, that was my favorite of his series, and I read them when I was 14, so the fact that the main character was a 14-year-old girl didn't bother me. Now, as an adult, I'm reading that, and I'm like, no, no, that's gross. There's something wrong with him to fall for a 14-year-old girl. I'm sorry, we were talking about Frozen. <laughs> were like... we? Were we? Okay, let's let's go back to Frozen. Um, yeah. Well, so as long as we're talking about Frozen, let's let's talk about more things that don't make sense. Okay, so it turns out the what the royal guard who's come and been condescending to Kristoff is here to tell them is that Hans and his older brothers are invading in person, and that's it. Okay, but that doesn't make any sense. Hans as the villain doesn't make sense in Frozen. And the fact that his brothers would team up with him and come try to conquer Arendelle still makes no sense. That is all. Let's see what happens. Okay, what I like about this... I mean, yes, it makes no sense. What I like about this is that the voice of Hans in Frozen is Greg from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh-huh. And the guy playing Kristoff in Once Upon a Time is Nathaniel... The guy they brought in to replace Greg on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, wow, that's true. It's weird. It's it's not it's not done on purpose because obviously this is shot years before Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but it's kind of like on Arrested Development when they brought Scott Bayo in to replace Henry Winkler's character. Yeah. Yeah. Except accidental, so it's better. I don't know. I just love it when stuff lines up like that. Nathaniel is blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, Kristoff wants to go spy on Hans and his men and... And Elsa tells him no. No, he cannot do that because he doesn't have any sort of training or magic and she needs to not have him die before Anna gets back. And he's like, uh, I knew you liked me. And she's like, I don't like you. I just don't want my sister to become a pre-widow. Pre-widow? Pre-widow. Okay. Okay. We come from that to David being really condescending to Mary Margaret, who's trying to plan a fireside chat now that she's mayor. And I'm just like, is the theme of this episode men being condescending to women who are more powerful than they are? David is annoying me in this scene, but I I can't take his side too much because then Mary Margaret's like, I ran a kingdom? I think I can handle Storybrooke? You ran a kingdom for nine months and most of that was just waiting for Regina to curse you? Yeah, so no, you can't. And also, you're a disaster. You're a disaster everywhere. So she she has set up a fireside chat in the mayor's office because she wants this to be a place where everyone feels welcome and stop being a communist, Mary Margaret. Or at least introduce Robert's Rules of Order. You know, you know what happens? It's basically a Parks and Rec Pawnee town hall. She invites everyone in and is like, give me your opinions. And they're like, our opinions are that you suck and this town is terrible. Fix it. Yeah, because her number three thing on the uh, schedule is talking about the giant ice wall. It's now, actually number five. It's number five. And they're like, no, we're trapped in the town. That should be number one. She had four 
things that she thought were more important to talk about than the fact that there's a giant ice wall surrounding the town. Was one of those things the fact that nobody apparently works at the power plant? Because I feel like that should be kind of high on Okay, there. that's that's fair. That's fair. So she mentions that the ice wall was set up by Elsa, but she can't take it down. And the townsfolk are like, who the fuck is Elsa? And Also, that sounds like bullshit to us. Yeah. And Mary Margaret's all, she's no one you have to worry about. I mean, yeah, she did do the snow monster, but she's cool now. And Grumpy said, really? Because the snow monster tried to kill Marion. And right on cue, Marion just passes the fuck out. Karen's like, She's like, oh no, some sort of ice magic has killed me. Robin Hood does his concerned badger face. His what? His concerned badger face, which we will see a lot throughout the course of this show. (laughs) No offense to the actor or badgers. He's a handsome man. Badgers are noble creatures, but his things are serious face is a concerned badger face. Let's move on. Back at Granny's Diner, Henry is enjoying some hot chocolate with cinnamon when... Corporate synergy attacks! We've been talking about this scene for so long and I'm so happy it finally came up. Yeah, Regina drops a stack of comics on the counter and is like, I wasn't sure which Marvel property we're synergistically promoting this week, so I thought I would just bring them all. Let's enjoy some Marvel brand comics forever. Their entertainment holds one up to the camera for the whole family. She's reading the S.H.I.E.L.D. comic, by the way, which Regina really... Well, the one that's most prominently placed is what Henry's reading, which is Thor, Hmm. which I like because so many people on Tumblr were drawing the analogy of Thor, the strong brother and the ice brother, to Frozen, the The strong strong sister sister and the ice ice sister. sister. Yeah. That can't possibly have been on purpose, but it still made me happy. Yeah. Although, God. it's all about the tumblers. I'm just pissed at the Shield comic. I only bought one issue, and it's because they, it was an issue where someone was gunning for magic users, and they had Wiccan being attacked, uh, you know, Billy Kaplan being attacked by this person, and the Scarlet Witch shows up to help out. And despite the two of them, this one being one of the few times the two of them share, you know, a panel or panels together, uh-huh. they don't interact at all. She stops a bunch of people from shooting him, and then she's just talking to Agent Coulson while he's lying on the ground. And I'm like, really? She logs almost no time with her kids. Huh. I'm just saying, like, she rewrote the universe to bring them back to life. You think she'd want to spend, like, a weekend with them? Maybe she does that off-panel. Well, I did like the fact that uh, Al Ewing's run... Oh, Al Ewing is so good. He is. He's so good. I'm so glad they're making him write a thousand books. At least he had Billy go and tell her when he was engaged and they had a cool thing. And they've had some neat moments. It's just, you know me, I can't get enough Maximoff family drama. And it, they've been kind of not doing a lot with that. You know, Al Ewing's stuff in the new Avengers with She-Hulk is some of my favorite She-Hulk moments. And that's high praise coming from me. Yeah. Anyway, so what I like about this scene, we're continuing the run of Henry being a good kid. Regina's like... Hmm, isn't it interesting how these books tell stories, but they're just fiction? Um, can I interrupt you to tell you how much I hate that part? That she's trying to manipulate him? Oh, really, no. Really, really obviously? Oh, no, whatever, that's fine. No, the part where she's like, isn't it interesting how these books tell stories that aren't going to come true? We're definitely not going to mix the Marvel superheroes with Once Upon a Time. Sorry, go ahead. But your book is true and is full of true stories that actually happen? Hey, do you know who wrote it? Your book? Because, you know, that's an interesting thing, right? And Henry's like, 
I guess, which in all fairness, it is a really interesting thing. Who wrote the book? She's like, doesn't your book give any indication of who the author is? Because it feels kind of postmodern to me. So I feel like there should be some moments where the author makes his presence known. Is that not a thing? But Henry's like, okay, you're clearly up to something. Can you just tell me what it is? Because we went through this last season and things tend to go better when, you know, we're up front. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'm looking for the author so I can ask him to write me a happy ending. And Henry, Henry's such a great kid here. He's like, wow, that's a really good idea. It is a really good idea. Can I tell you what's really weird? What? The episode after this is The Apprentice. Like, this show cannot wait to be done with the Frozen season. I have a hard time being mad because this will eventually not be that interesting. But as of right now, this is a really strong subplot, especially since most of Regina's subplots have been sort of focused around Robin recently. Yeah, I have no interest in the Regina-Robin storyline. And the whole, like, hint at the beginning of the season that Regina was going to go evil again because blah blah Mary and blah. I I like the direction they're taking this in, and I really like the fact that Henry's gung-ho about helping his mom with this. Oh, yes, so he makes it, he even makes it official with an operation, which Regina names Operation Mongoose, because his operation with Emma was Operation Cobra. We've been talking about Operation Mongoose, like, since Operation Cobra was invented in this show. That might be one of my favorite jokes in this whole show. I feel like they end up swinging back on Henry, but can I just say, again, I know we've been mentioning it a lot, but he's such a great kid here. Yeah, let's enjoy it now while it's good. Especially because he's setting up what should be the most interesting subplot in the show. He's addressing the thing that brings us in every time, that this is a show with a in-universe meta-narrative. Yes! You know I love a good meta-narrative. Oh, yeah. Which this will turn out not to be. Yeah. But for now, it's nothing but promise. Yeah. And sweet promise. Good promise. But then Robin Hood comes in to rain on the parade. He's all like, oh, my wife is hurt. Come help. And I'm like, poor Regina. It must suck to be the only competent person in town. And she's getting dragged, yeah, she's getting dragged into this and she's like, fine, what's going on now? Like, in any other scenario, in any sane universe, you wouldn't drag in your ex-girlfriend to save your wife. But here, because no one else knows what they're doing except Rumple, and no one's gonna ask Rumple for help, Regina has to come to the rescue. What I love is she runs in and Mary Margaret's like, you have to hurry, she's freezing to death, we don't have much time. And Regina looks at the wall and she's like, that is a really ugly picture of birds you put here in my office. Yes. Regina to... always has time to criticize your bad interior design. And Mary Margaret's like, oh, I thought I would put my own personal touch in the office. And in Regina's defense, that is a really hideous picture of birds. It's like it looks like hotel art. It looks like bad hotel art. I don't there's no such thing as good hotel art. If there was such a thing as good hotel art, this would not be it. This is worse than ho- regular hotel art. Regina's like, I... This is goodwill art. Oh, it is goodwill art. Regina's like, I had a horse motif going. I don't know what you have going with these fucking birds. But she's like, okay, so this woman's freezing to death because of ice magic. Have you thought it might be that lady who keeps on doing all the ice magic? And Elsa's like, who, me? And Emma's like, no, it's not her. My superpower says so. 
They're leaning real hard on the superpower this week. Well, it's because they brought it up, so now they have to use it before it stops being a thing anymore. And Regina's like, okay, I shouldn't have to say this because you're all deeply stupid for not thinking of it, but, you know, true love's kiss cures okay. everything. Um, they are stupid for not thinking of it. And not only are they stupid, but their stupidity becomes cruelty because they're making Regina witness Robin administering true love's kiss to Marion. Yeah, they're all like, hey, everyone, let's watch Robin make out with his frozen wife. Especially you, Regina. Don't look away from this. And Regina's like, why didn't I become evil again? And of course it doesn't work because maybe because of the retcon. Maybe because Robin doesn't love Marion anymore. Hey, hey, you know, uh, you know what does work on uh, for True Love's Kiss? What? Parent-child relationships. Roland loves his mom, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. So they don't try that. So the kiss doesn't work, and Regina's like, "Okay, look, I'm gonna do something. You guys look for, look for whoever did this. Emma, bring back up." And Emma's like, "What do you mean by that?" Which I mean, bring back up. It's she. She's acting like Regina insulted her. She's like, "What do you mean by that? Are, is that a shot at my savioring abilities?" And Regina's like, "No." I just get distracted because whenever anybody says "bring back up," now I just think of Veronica Mars. Oh, the dog was named Backup. Uh, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Anyway, David theorizes that the reason that he can't get through the lips is because they're covered in ice, and he brings up Frederick. Wow, deep cut. Which, in all fairness, they bring up, they're like, who? And he's like, it was a thing in season one, don't worry about it. Yes, he says, it's a long story. It's not that long. Frederick got turned to gold, so True Love's Kiss couldn't work because the gold was covering his lips. Yeah, also that's bullshit with the ice, by the way. Yeah. Also, True Love's Kiss absolutely should work on the ice. Because, not to get too into the movie Frozen here, but you didn't even have to have a kiss, you just had to have true love. So, it shouldn't even matter if you're physically touching the lips. Mm. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. And also, she doesn't look, like, it doesn't look like there's a layer of ice on her or anything, so... Not yet. I mean, it will later, but right now she's just a little blue. So, back in the Frozen flashback... Kristoff is talking to his horrifying reindeer puppet. About why he's going to disobey Elsa's direct order. Now, they weren't going to pay 11 actors to be, like, talking people here. So we see, like, three of Hans's brothers. And That's literally what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> the guy they cast as Hans looks like Hans. He does. I was really impressed. And, you know, I like Nathaniel. I love Nathaniel. But he doesn't look anything like Kristoff, so I was surprised that they decided to actually get someone who looks pretty much dead on like Hans. Yeah. Weirdly good casting. So his brothers are there to help him out, but they're also condescending dickheads to him. Why are they helping him? He's like, you're not going to be able to boss me around when I'm king of this country or helping me conquer. Also, I'm going to get this magical ice person trapping vase. Urn. Urn. Sorry, I keep doing that. It's where you put dead people, not flowers. That's an easy way to remember it. You could put either and either. You really can't. Anyway, Kristoff, having heard the plan to capture Elsa in the... Urn. In the urn. In the capturing people urn. In the ice person capturing urn. Yeah, it's a super specific urn. Anyway, he runs back to warn Elsa. And she's like, well, we'll just find the urn first and destroy it. There we go. 
but first she mentions why is that a thing there are no people like me which seem there are no other people who do ice magic which seems like a really big leap in logic i know i was really upset about that first of all how do you know there's no one else like you that doesn't that doesn't follow and secondly we don't know specifically that it's for capturing people with ice magic it could just be for capturing magical people yeah, like, you never left the castle. You don't know how common this is. Well, and we know it's common enough that the trolls asked when she was brought to them as a child, was she cursed like this or was she born like this? So, it happens enough that there are categories of it happening. Okay. So, in Storybrooke, uh, there's a mob forming because That's Storybrooke... That's what they do in Storybrooke? Yeah, and they're like, hey, let's go find Elsa and murder the hell out of her. And we get my MVP extra for the episode. Oh, really? Who is your MVP extra? So my MVP extra of this episode is the lady in a tan suit and a purple shirt who brought a book to a murder mob. That's true. She did. Well, you know, it might get boring and you don't want to be stuck without a book. Yeah, because not everyone gets to be in the front row with the pitchforks. And they. I just love that. I want to know what this woman does, too. She's very professional looking. She is. Maybe she's. Okay. Okay backstory she's a lawyer oh my god there's another lawyer in storybrook wait backstory backstory because she's wearing the purple shirt she's jennifer walters because as we just established marvel is owned by disney but she has a book with her because she gets bored easily because there's not a lot to do because she lives in a town where there are no laws or courts which we will see in this episode that there are no laws or courts yes Uh, anyway um my thought when i was watching this scene is once Upon a Time is really just the monsters are arriving on Maple Street, like, over and over again. Yeah. And the mob marches past the Snow Queen, who's sitting outside of her... Okay, is the has the ice cream shop always been right next to Granny's? Sure. We know, we know. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Storybook changes shape and size as needed. So, back in the flashback, Elsa's all contemplative because she's realizing there might be other people with magic... And she's so lost in thought that she almost walks off a cliff. Okay, so we've talked about before Elsa's ice powers being an anxiety uh, metaphor. Sure. And we've also discussed it being a queerness metaphor. And there is a lot of it in this scene with the queerness metaphor because she's talking about how, you know, excited she is that there might be other ice people out there. And Kristoff is like, do you really need other ice people? You have, you know, you have your sister, you have me. And she's like... Yeah, but I can't talk about ice stuff with you and my sister. Ice stuff is, it's always kind of defined me in this weird way. And I'm just excited that there are other ice people out there and I want to meet them. I want to join this greater ice community. And Kristoff's like, this is not a subtle metaphor here. It's accurate. And also it's going to be real awkward when the only other ice person is your aunt. Anyway. She almost falls off a cliff. And then she suggests that she make an ice staircase. And Kristoff is like, wait, no, if you use magic, Hans might see. Which is a weirdly contrived way to have her not use, like... Magic all the time for everything. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, it's really bothersome to me in this episode how much Elsa should just be ice blasting everyone and there should be no problems. Yeah. He's basic. He basically says, wait, 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 don't use your powers because we have a really limited budget. Yeah, it's true. Well, also, this episode would be over really quickly if you just blasted everyone with ice, as you absolutely can do. Well, it's like in the last episode. 
where if they had remembered that half a dozen people who live in Storybrooke could teleport, the entire plot would have been over. Yeah, I guess. So Hook, Hook's job, we didn't mention it before, Hook's job in present-day Storybrooke is getting Elsa away from the murder mob. Yeah, he's supposed to take her to the sheriff's office, but instead he decides not to listen to Emma and go on a little adventure instead. Yeah, I guess men uh, ignoring women's authority is sort of the subplot of this episode. It really is! Or at very least, a strong running theme. Mm. But Elsa says, hey, I'm not going to go to the sheriff's office. And he's like, yeah, I'm not either. Come on, we're going to go investigate some shit. And speaking of investigating, we go from that to Emma and David in the woods investigating the ice trail to try to find out who it was who attacked Marion. Specifically, they're going to go through Robin and Marion's tent to see if there are any clues, which, okay, I mean, I, I guess it's not the worst idea in the world. But they split up so Emma can rummage through the tent and David can, I don't know what, he's just... I know, he's going off into the woods and there are no men around. Mm, put oh, that in wait. your pocket. So, Emma pulls her gun on whoever's in the tent, which, I'm sorry, is terrible policing. Okay, that is terrible policing? Lots of people live here. That could be anyone. And also... That could be Roland. Emma is a terrible cop. I'm going to bring this up again in about 10 minutes. But anyway, the tent flap pulls back and it's a really cool reveal for the two people who saw Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And I'm one of them because this is motherfucking Will Scarlet. I love this guy. I'm not one of them. I did not watch Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I've not seen a single second of that show. Okay, so... I do really enjoy Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Uh, Will Scarlet is basically Alice's platonic Han Solo. Awesome. He's Wonderland's easily panicked weirdo. Nice. I really love Will Scarlet. This guy is intensely charming. Well, when we're done with this, we should watch all of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Yeah. I think it's one of our Patreon goals, actually. Oh, yeah. So if you want to hear us talk about Once Upon a Time in Wonderland faster... And not in, like, ten years when we're done with this. <laughs> you can definitely become a patron. Also, if you want to hear us talk about The Descendants, you guys, I'm really excited to talk about The Descendants, and we're close to hitting that goal, so. So, Will Scarlet's like, hey, isn't it super illegal to draw your gun on someone who's, you know, not doing anything wrong? And she's like, well, you're going through that tent. And he's like, I'm a merry man. She's like, really? And he's like, well, I was one. But... You don't look like the sort of person who would shoot someone in the back, so later, suck ass, and then he flips her off and goes running off into the Which woods. Which is quite a risk on his part. Emma totally looks like someone who would shoot someone in the back. But the thing is, if you are a man in the woods, David's gonna get you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. David tackles him. David goes, uh, face into ass. And knocks him to the ground. Oh, also Emma, while chasing him, does the horror movie lady thing where she trips over a root. Yeah, she does. Anyway, he's all like, I hate sheriffs. And David's like, too bad, because there's two of us now. And I'm like, fuck you, David. You're not a sheriff. You're at best a deputy. Then he tries to get them off his back by bringing up a bigger mystery. He's like, well, has anyone checked out the ice cream shop where none of the ice cream melted when the electricity went out? And they're like, huh? Okay, we're, we're going to talk about them being bad cops more later. Oh, yeah, we are. But Emma was preparing to shoot him, and now they have him in custody for going through a tent. Which seems very, very minorly illegal at best. 
Yeah. I, I mean, Emma didn't arrest Hansel and Gretel's dad for stealing that watch from their mom. Emma's a bad cop. Emma's a bad cop. And David is also a bad cop. Anyway, back in the mayor's office, Marion is having an ugly curse. No, I, what I mean is, normally curses make you pretty, right? Because they make your skin pale and your lips red and you're... Sexy dead. Yeah. She's not sexy dead. She's ugly dead. Because she is frostbit dead. Except, you know, not dead. And Regina tells Robin that uh, when the ice reaches her heart, she'll die. And he does concerned badger face. And she says, but I might have something that will stop that. And it's like, gee, what's the thing the evil queen does that would stop ice from reaching someone's heart? Right? Why are they setting this up like it's going to be a reveal? Anyway, back in the pawn shop. Hook's like, nah, 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 nah. I know you gave Belle a fake dagger. So. Hook gives Rumple a piece of Marion's hair that's all white with the deadly frost curse. And Rumple turns it into snowflakes and is like, yep. This is the magic that did it. It's not exactly Elsa's magic. It's just close to it. And I'm going to release it into the world so that you two have to chase it away from my shop. I think it gets mentioned here. Hook says that uh, he'll tell Belle and Rumble's like, you don't have any proof. And Hook says, well, I'll have her summon you with the dagger. And then when you don't come, she'll know. Yeah. But we saw last episode that Rumple hears it whenever anyone says his name. It's true. I'm actually envisioning now like a really funny comedy where he's not actually summoned by it. He just has to keep popping in and pretending to be affected by the dagger. And Hook is getting Belle to do weirder and weirder things with the dagger. And he has to keep pretending to be compelled to do these weirder and weirder things. That would be a good web series. Unfortunately, we've got Mary Margaret. Okay. Okay. Mary Margaret's all like, oh, I'm a flustered mom, and I can't hold my baby and put this stroller in the car. It's so hard to work. And it's like, okay, number one, put your baby in the car seat and then fold up the stroller with both hands, Mary Margaret. And number two, the stroller that she has is really easy to fold up. It's so easy, in fact, that she can't even really fake not being able to fold the stroller. She is not supporting that baby's neck, by the way. That doll's neck? Yes. Okay, so this is a battle of awfulness because Dr. Hopper's like, hey, hey, you look like you could use being smugly condescended to by a man. I know I have more baby experience than you because, you know, your last kid got thrown through a wardrobe. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Have you considered not being the mayor and becoming a stay-at-home mom? Because really, that's better for a woman in your position. Yeah, you should quit politics and take up knitting. Back at the Dairy Queen's Dairy I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I just have to bring this up. What was the point of that scene? Is is it to foreshadow the fact that Mary Margaret's immediately going to give up on being the mayor? It just feels like a lot of the Mary Margaret scenes, and honestly a lot of the David scenes, where it feels like an episode was maybe three minutes short, so they threw in like something where Mary Margaret and David teach Henry how to drive. Or even last episode, the whole power outage, it doesn't really feel like they're full subplots. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's the show trying so hard to keep them main characters, even though... They really don't have anything to do. Done with them! Their plot is done! Let them go live their lives! Anyway. Because this mayor subplot is literally going to go nowhere. Anyway. So, the Knave of Hearts is helping them break into, uh... Will Scarlet is the Knave of Hearts? Will Scarlet is the Knave of Hearts. 
he's helping them break into the ice cream shop, but Emma's like, oh my god, let me do it, because he's taking too long. Emma, you're a cop. Stop breaking into places that you don't have a warrant for. Also, we know that cops in this town have skeleton keys that open everything. Oh, I forgot about that. Do the cops have that or does the mayor have that? Oh, you're right, the mayor. But you know who's the mayor now? Mary Margaret? Yeah. Who's married to apparently the co-sheriff? Ugh. Blah. Mary Margaret doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know she has keys to everything. I like to think Miss Ginger got those keys and she's just going through other people's stuff all the time. Oh my god, that's amazing and absolutely 100% what is happening. Miss Ginger watched 2018. Yes. Wait. Do you think that woman in the beige suit was Miss Ginger? Oh my god, maybe it was. Maybe we finally got a face to put to Miss Ginger. We love you, Miss Ginger. Anyway, in the shop, Emma and David see that, like, the back room is completely frozen over because the Ice Queen runs the place. And they're like, oh, I guess we owe Will Scarlet an apology. It's like, well, he's still a thief. He still stole a bunch of stuff. And admitted that he was looting during the blackout. We didn't mention that. He admitted that he was looting during the blackout. Like, all they had him on was looking in a tent, and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I robbed a whole bunch of stores during the blackout. But he knows how competent they are, because they went into the back room and left him untethered alone, and he he robbed the ice cream store and then just casually left. Okay, you know what? I do love Will Scarlet. He's pretty great. So Emma's gonna go after him, but... David's like, shh, no, you're a woman. Women can't do anything. And she's like, you know what? It does sort of feel like that these days. And he's like, I know, because I'm a man. And men know stuff. Unlike you, a woman. She says that she doesn't feel like she's being a savior. And he's like, everyone has off days. And she's like, yeah, but I've been having a bunch of them. And he's like, eh. Is this the sort of thing I can David at you until you're over it? Like that time I yelled Ruby out of being a werewolf. And she's like, eh. This seems more like it's a character arc. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the woods, Elsa and Hook are chasing this magic. And Hook says it's weird to be chasing snow because he's more used to running from snow. Eh. We feel you, Hook. And also he starts complaining about his relationship with Emma and how he doesn't know why she doesn't love him and it's so hard. And and Elsa is just so not here for Hook's nice guy routine. Well, I like he talks about how he's running from bad weather and... And how he doesn't really like magic, but he likes Emma. And Elsa's like, well, maybe Emma likes her magic. Maybe she wants someone else who has magic. Maybe magic should stick with magic. Also, maybe this isn't about you at all. Maybe Emma has her own shit to work through, and maybe you're not the center of the universe all the goddamn time. Speaking of, but not really. So Elsa and Kristoff find the urn in a rock. Yep, back in the flashback. And, uh... Kristoff's like, okay, let's smash this and leave. And Elsa says, wait, it's got writing on it. And he's like, haven't you ever seen a horror movie? Don't read the ancient writing. Uh, it's funny because it's runes, just like we've seen on all of the other writing in Arendelle, but she says it's ancient runes, so she can't read it. And then she's like, Kristoff, can you read this? Like, He's raised by rock trolls. I guess. And he's like, I don't know, dangerous urn, keep away. Does it matter? This is why I like Kristoff, because he's being like, practical here okay elsa elsa's elsa wants to protect herself but she also wants answers but anyway they're interrupted by hans and the three brothers that the show decided to pay to be in this scene and for some reason elsa's like 
I guess we'll have a fight scene instead of me just immediately freezing you. She takes care of two of the brothers by pointing ice at them. Okay, so they did it the same way they did it in the movie, where the ice, like, spears come up and come, like, really close to their faces, but don't actually cause any injury. And I'm like, we're not a Disney cartoon anymore. We're a television show on ABC in the evening. I want to see Elsa use her ice to kill. I want Elsa to be killing these motherfuckers with her ice powers. Anyway, while she's fucking around not killing people, they manage to take Kristoff hostage. Well, Kristoff takes one of the brothers by himself, but then Hans does his sneaky backstab thing, and he gets Kristoff at his sword point, which I think I've read this fanfic. You know, if Elsa was alone, this wouldn't have been an issue. Kristoff wouldn't have been there to be taken hostage, and she could have just killed them all with her ice powers and sauntered out of there with the urn. Actually, not to well actually you, but well actually, uh, Kristoff only jumps into the fight because Elsa, for some reason, only attacked two of the brothers and the third one tried flanking her. Yeah, no, Elsa should be killing people more. Well, if Elsa's powers worked the way they had earlier in the show and in the movie, she wouldn't have had to been pointing at the other brothers for like five seconds. Why she didn't just go for all of them at the same time, we know she could have. It seems weird that she just focused on two. Just close off the cave with ice and wait for everyone except for you to freeze to death. Just throw up an ice wall in between you two and the brothers. Make a giant snow monster! Yeah, I'm sorry, but fucking Iceman. Fucking, um, let me let me amend that. Fucking movie Iceman. And you know how much the movie X-Men suck with their powers? Yes. But fucking movie Iceman got that all you need to do is put an ice wall between you and the human people and they can't get to you. Yes. Anyway, back in the present, uh, it's that scene that you've all seen GIFs of on Tumblr. Uh, yes, this is the scene we've been referencing for a while. Where, where Hook pulls out his cell phone to call Emma and tells Elsa that he doesn't really know how it works. It's just a box. And sometimes he hits the Emma button and Emma picks up. But not this time, because they've run into the Snow Queen, who's put on her awesome-ass Snow Queen outfit to stand in the woods dramatically. Oh, I'm glad you brought up her awesome-ass outfit, because I have some stuff to talk about with her outfit. We've brought up how constrained the costuming department must have been having to do the exact costumes. And I feel like with the Snow Queen, they were doing closer to what they would have wanted to do with Elsa, But at the same time, they were constrained in that someone wanted it to thematically match Elsa's outfit. So I think it's probably a little bit more sparkly and uh, shiny than they would have done it if they were left to their own devices. But that's just my opinion. So back in the flashback, uh, Hans is like, so uh, either do what I want or I'm going to make your uh, sister into a widow. And Kristoff, because... Nathaniel is shining through, even though Nathaniel does not exist yet. It's all, actually, we're not married yet, so she wouldn't be a widow at all, dick. Okay, that's adorable. That does make me love Kristoff. But I was like, I don't understand Elsa's hesitation. Let them kill Kristoff. Well, she has some affection for him. I guess I'm just heartless. No, she she's excited for him to be in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Well, that'll happen faster if he gets killed off on this show. So she... D ice stabs the brothers and hands Hans the urn, and Hans is like, Haha, this reminds me of when in the movie Frozen, I had Anna at my mercy. 
he references the movie a lot in this. No, when Elsa gives him the urn, though, she does tell Kristoff, look, he's going to capture me now, so go get Anna and take the kingdom back. And I do like her absolute trust in Kristoff and Anna to take the kingdom back. Yeah, I mean, you saw how easily Anna beats up three random dudes. Oh, wait, except she didn't. Bo Peep's guards captured her. As we discussed last week, she was faking it to give David confidence. So... Hans opens the urn and some liquid spills out and it starts coming over to Elsa. Except it's obviously another person the way Elsa was when she came out of the urn. And it's like, Hans, you're an idiot. You didn't see if the urn was empty before you just poured shit out. And now you've got two ice queens to fight, motherfucker. He tells her that this is something to contain monsters like you before opening it. So clearly the thing is, not only you've released someone, you've released someone you just insulted. Also, like, dude, you didn't think that if they made this thing to contain a magic user, there might be a magic user contained in it? Seriously. This is like season one Buffy mistakes. This is a mistake that season two Xander wouldn't even make. But it's the Snow Queen and she's like, yeah, I heard the whole you calling this girl a monster thing, so... Iced over, bro! Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the ice that she shoots at him starts at his crotch. <clears throat> Just saying. But she's about to freeze Kristoff when Elsa's like, no, no, he's cool, don't worry, don't worry, he's cool. So, speaking of that, back in Storybrook, the Snow Queen is starting to freeze Hook. And she's like, why, hello, Elsa. It's good to see you again. Okay, Elsa's had her memory erased of the Dairy Queen. And the Snow Queen attributes that to the rock trolls. Okay, sure. Which Elsa's we, we've, like... At this point, we have no reason not to believe that. That's what the rock trolls do. And she also tells Elsa that non-magical humans will start to fear them eventually. It's just what they do. And to prove that, she's going to kill a bunch of people with her ice power to show Elsa how afraid people get when you kill a bunch of people with your ice powers. This is exactly, this is season two all over again, where Cora made it look like Regina killed Dr. Hopper to show her that the townsfolk will turn on her if they think she's killing people. Like, like this is non-logic. I get what they're trying to do with her. I get that she's trying to pull a Magneto thing here, but without the moral complexity. Yes, Magneto without the moral complexity. That is exactly what's going on. I mean, yeah, people do tend to not like it when you kill them. How terrible. And see, this is... So the... much for the tolerant left. And see, this is the thing with the Snow Queen. Because I love the actress, I like the character's backstory... Her motives and what she does make no sense. And this whole thing ends up being this giant mess, but we're not there yet, so... Let's just enjoy it now while we can. Yeah. So, as of right now, she wants to show Elsa that she'll never be accepted as an ice person because people don't like ice people because... Yeah. Yeah. Because they murder people, I mean, just because they'll never accept you, Elsa... They'll never accept you for the murderer that you are in your soul. But she's about to drop a bunch of icicles on Hook instead of just freezing him when Emma and uh, David come running up. And the Snow Queen's like, Emma? And Emma's like, do I know you? And the Snow Queen's like, uh, no. I'm out. Bye! 
Yeah, the most unconvincing <laughs> denial ever. And Emma's like, well, I have magic, so I'm going to blast you. And this is one of the few times we see Emma's magic being really effective when she just does, like, hardcore blast the Ice Queen. And then David takes his tiny little ineffectual knife and tries to chip Hook out of the ice. It's hilariously ineffective. And the ice queen tries to drop these icicles on them, but Emma's like, telekinesis, motherfucker, and just flings them out of the way. Although Hook should be several feet away from his feet, but whatever. I guess David's tiny knife got the job done enough. David's tiny knife gets the job done. Title of a sex tape. Anyway, back in the past, Elsa takes the Snow Queen back to the castle, and the Snow Queen's like, all right, I got some backstory to drop on you, bitch. Because it turns out that she was Elsa's mother's sister, and she got trapped in the urn when they were young, and that's probably why Elsa's mom never told her about it. And Elsa's like, I guess I'll not have more questions about that, even though it seems like I should have a bunch of follow-up questions about this. But now you know why this season is Aunt Annihilation. And uh, Elsa's like, yeah, I, I guess I kind of get that. I-, I have a sister, too. And the Snow Queen's like... Yeah, she's totally going to turn on you just like my sister turned on me. I mean, let's hang out and talk about our human sisters who didn't turn on us. <laughs> anyway, back in the present, the Snow Queen has disappeared. And everyone's all upset because, you know, she's obviously the big bad for this season and now they have to find her. Okay, so Emma's... Especially upset because the Snow Queen really obviously knew her. And David's like, of course she knew you. You're, you know, my groin spawn and I'm famous. And Emma's like, I don't need your validation, David. I'm trying to figure out the mystery. So, like, take it down a notch. Yeah, there's something else. I feel like I kind of remember her too. And David's like, well, you probably got ice cream at some point in this town. He doesn't say that, but I that's... mean, we know she did. Yeah. Because Regina, Regina sent her and Henry off to get ice cream back in, like, season one. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, there's something more between Emma and this mystery woman. There's some deep memory log, which... Maybe we'll get some backstory about that. Emma's been brainwashed a few times, and she has curse memories now, too, so... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something she's overlooking. Oh, man, memory in this town must be a nightmare. Mm. But Emma is super pissed at Hook for ignoring her orders. But she's not mad at Elsa. Oh, by the way, the Snow Queen mentioned to Elsa that the reason the Rock Trolls erased her memory is because they didn't want her to remember Anna sealing her in the urn, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Well, yeah, because when would they have taken those out? She was in the urn. Anyway, um, Emma points out that she accidentally brought Elsa here, but the Snow Queen was already here, so the Snow Queen obviously has some sort of evil plan going. Meanwhile, Marion's icier than ever. Yeah, she's completely iced. But Marion's iciness aside, did you notice what Regina's wearing? A vest and shirt. A vest and a t-shirt. Yeah, this is really dressing down for Regina. You know why? She's dressing for the woods. She's she's prepared to go out into the woods with Robin if he should ask her to. Oh, no, don't change for a dude, Regina. But Regina says, I'm sorry, true love's kiss isn't always the answer, which it usually yeah, it is. is. Yeah, it is. It's always the answer. And he's like, maybe Marion's not my true love anymore. Yeah, actually, he's embarrassed by it. He's like, everyone knows she's not my true love. And Henry comes in and he's like, okay, this looks really awkward, so I'm going to change the subject for you. 
I got the stuff you needed from your vault. Why does she need stuff to rip out Marion's heart? She needs the heart boxes that she keeps hearts in. Otherwise, she's just going to have a heart sitting out unprotected. Yeah, point. Anyway, she reaches into icy Marion's chest and pulls out a heart. A heart with nary a black spot upon it. Thank you. Yes, Marion's heart is pure. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting that. This is a pure, pure heart. Whoever's heart this is has not done anything evil at all. And I'm under the impression this is not the kind of thing you can hide with a glamour. So Mm. we know that whoever this person is, it's definitely Marion because she is pure of heart. Yep. So back at the diner, uh, Hook's drinking outside and he's like, hey, Emma, do you want to join me? And Emma's like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Leave me alone. And he's like, you have to tell me what's wrong. And she's like, I'm sorry. This is the season where we become aware of the narrative, and I just found out about my vagina of doom. I think this is legitimately the last Graham mention in the show. Because she's like, I have a vagina of doom. It killed Neil. It killed Graham. It even killed the flying monkey I had sex with. It killed Lily. We'll get into Lily later. Poor Lily. Well, it didn't kill Lily, but that's because Lily's so much louder, and she survived running into a narcissist. So... Anyway. But Hook's like, don't worry, I'm front credited. And Emma's like, you are front credited, and they make out. She's like, Graham was front credited. Was he? Yeah. But, uh, so Rumple runs into the Snow Queen in the woods, and he's like, sorry, things didn't work out the way you want. Do you want my help? And she's like, I'll ask for your help later in the season when the narrative starts falling apart. I know, okay, this scene is so weird, because the whole scene is Rumple showing up and being like, hey... Just thought I'd let everyone know that we have some sort of evil plan together. And she's like, hey, I appreciate that. But as Max said, you are not needed yet because the season has not gotten slow yet. Yeah, that's basically this scene. I really like this episode. I did too. I mean, I know I was down on it, but that's because there were a lot of condescending men in this episode. Yeah, that wasn't great. But you know, the Snow Queen got to kill Hans and his brothers. (laughs) Well, the brothers just ran away. Yeah, the Snow Queen got to kill Hans. Yep, he's a Hansicle. And nobody loves him, so he will never be woken. All right, so let's go a little out of order and talk about the Frozen stuff that shows up in this episode. Oh my god, literally everything Hans says is a direct reference to the movie. Like, oh, his 11 brothers? He's got 12 older brothers. His 12 older brothers, and the fact that he, he didn't try to murder Anna, he just left her to die, and... How he almost overthrew them that one time, and how Anna defeated him, but... Also, okay, wait, before you run over it too much, this is not what happened in Frozen. He did not try to overthrow them by force. He tried to become king through marriage. Even even when he was going to let Anna die, he was going to pretend that they had married first. Hmm. So, you know... This plot makes even less sense. Shrug. Also, he's acting like he's going to get to be the one in charge and not like his second oldest brother. Yeah. Anyway, this whole whole Brothers from the Southern Isles plot is bullshit and I hate it. Stardust did it better. Yeah. Also, I hate the cutesy conversation where Elsa and the Snow Queen are talking and Elsa's like, have you ever built a snowman? No, no, no. The the Snow Queen's like, have you ever created sentient life by thinking really hard about it? And Elsa's like, 
Have you ever built a castle out of your brain juice? And neither of them is like, hey, are those clothes made out of your magic? Even though they probably both are. Hey, have you used telekinesis, but it's ice-themed telekinesis, so that's cool, apparently? Oh, now we're talking about the Coco short? Oh. Uh, okay, I just want to point this out. For all of the Frozen references in this in this season, I don't remember us getting any Olaf. Yeah, I think you're right, other than mentioning that he exists. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Olaf. I don't have major issues with him or anything like I did with some other Disney sidekicks I could mention but won't. Miko! But... God, he's the worst. The worst. But it seems a little weird that they're throwing all of the major Frozen stuff at us, but not Olaf. Objectively speaking, Olaf is no more ridiculous than the Rock Trolls, and we got Rock Trolls. Hell, we got Marshmallow. Marshmallow is awesome! Marshmallow is awesome. Anyway. And we have the horrifying Sven puppet. Oh god, that puppet is so bad! That reindeer is not better than people. <laughs> uh. Alright, so, uh, let's talk about fashion. Honestly, I remember kind of liking the Snow Queen's outfit better. It, there's nothing particularly wrong with it. It just reads a sort of a pale version of the snow-themed outfit they had Regina in last season. See, what I feel like is Elsa's outfit is like Party City Elsa licensed outfit. Mm -hmm. And the Snow Queen's outfit would be labeled like Cold Princess. Winter-themed royal lady. Winter-themed royal lady. Yes. They want it to look too much like Elsa's outfit, so it's it seems insubstantial in the same way that Elsa's outfit does. Yeah, it's... I mean, you're a snow queen. I know the cold doesn't bother you anyway, but I want to see some, like, fur and velvet. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is built for mink, right? Oh. Yeah, I mean, it. what could have been, Max? What could have been... But, I mean, it's not bad or anything. It's just, again, this is the problem with the costuming department being so consistently excellent in this show. When things are just sort of... When they're just okay, it's really noticeable. Yeah. Because it's not a bad outfit. It's just not one of the show's better ones. And I think that I think that be... does it for this week. Yeah, uh, we hit all the main plots. Uh, I'm so excited to see more Will Scarlet. And I am going to rewatch the Wonderland stuff. Wait, you are? Yeah. You don't want to wait till we're doing it together? No, I want to be super prepared. And also, I'm going to do my own private segment, which will not appear in the episode, except maybe in Patreon stuff. What's that? Which will be things that are super not canon with Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. So, if you like the show, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ilovetelevisionzines. If you have a question or comment, send us an email at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or tweet at us at ilovetvzines. If you would like to listen to past episodes or donate to our Patreon, you can do so at our website, ilovetelevisionzines.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to Storybrooke. Cool as I am, I thought you'd know this already I will not be 